Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. In our last three episodes, we've talked about three specific things that you may be doing that are ruining your job. And in this episode, we're going to talk about three specific things you can do to improve your job. Thank you for joining everybody. This is Kevin Brownlee, and the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast is in its 96th episode right now. And we're doing a series. Well, I don't know if it's a series because it's basically what this podcast is about. How to use scripture to improve your job and therefore your home life, right? Because God's Word is not just a history book. It is an owner's manual to life and how to spend life eternally with Him, glorifying Him and how to do that too. And since the Bible is the inspired Word of God written through 40 different guys, it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And it helps to correct us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And yes, there is right and wrong, and it defines what that is. And there is right and wrong things to do in our job. In the last three episodes, we talked about getting rid of specific things or specific things that are ruining our job. Bitterness is one of them. Wrath or vindictiveness, you know, got to get even or get the last word. And anger. Those two things are probably ruining your job if they haven't already or prevented you from getting a promotion. And then there's clamor, which is yelling or spouting off, (laughs) you know, and evil speaking or speaking evil of others. And we're to put all of those away from us. But what do we replace them with? Because if you take those out of you, you got to replace it with something, something that is good and is beneficial for your job. And that's what today's podcast is about. We're going to talk about three specific things. Okay, so hopefully you can remember three things. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) You can write them down if you want, but dadgum, you should be able to remember three things. All right. (laughs) The first one is to be kind to one another. We all know of examples when someone was kind to us. Maybe when you interviewed for your job, the boss was kind enough to call you back in (laughs) or to offer you the job. But really, think of some times when somebody was just kind to you. Maybe a coworker or a vendor or a customer was just kind. And that was wonderful, wasn't it? I mean, think about that. How, how did it make you feel? It, it sort of empowered you. It, it excited you. It made you want to do better. It may have even made you want to prove them right, <laughs> that their kindness was worth it, that they may have stuck their neck out for you or went out on a limb for you, and you wanted to prove that what they did was, was a good thing, that they were right. Kindness is the opposite of self-centeredness. And self-centeredness is what gets us in trouble in our job more than anything else. 
And it is so prevalent in our society, isn't it? It's like this is the most self-centered society that probably this planet has ever seen. And do you want to stand out in your job? Do you want people to take notice and say, hey, that person's amazing. We need to move them up the ladder. We need to do business with them. We need to ask them why they're a little bit different. Why are they kind? And maybe you'll get a chance to share the gospel. You know the saying, you attract bees with honey, not with a baseball bat. Kindness accomplishes more than self-centeredness and certainly meanness, right? People jerk away from jerks, and people are attracted to people who want to help them. In fact, that's what kindness means. It means a gentle nature of helping others to bring them happiness. Kindness is saying or doing something just to brighten someone else, maybe to help them, by the way, with no intention of getting something in return. 1 Corinthians 13.4 says, Love is kind. And as Christians, we're supposed to love one another, love one another as ourself. You like to be kind to yourself? Be kind to others too. So remember again, when someone was kind to you and how that made you feel and how that helped you, be that to others. Galatians 5.13 says we're to serve one another. And there's another passage that says we're to look out for the interests of other people as more important than our interests. And I'm sure you know the golden rule. Well, that kind of comes from Luke 6.31. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Well, and here's kind of a neat little thing. Galatians 6, 9 says, And don't grow weary of doing good and being kind to others. For in due season you will reap the reward. So don't give up. God will make sure that you're taken care of for your kindness. Here's another one. Proverbs twelve twenty five, Anxieties in the man's heart weighs him down. But a good word makes him glad. Do you think your boss has some anxieties? Probably so. A kind word will make him glad. And will that help you in your job? Probably. It certainly doesn't hurt, right? (laughs) 1 Samuel 20.14 goes to this extreme. But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. (laughs) So be that to someone else. Show someone else that kind of kindness. It may prolong their life. It may help them in their job. Yep, you heard me. It may help them in their job. There's a concept for you. Helping someone else to improve their job. That's actually called a Christian concept. (laughs) <laughs> Here's another one. First Chronicles 19.2. David thought, I will show kindness to Hanun, son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So is there somebody that you know whose relative was kind to you and you can show kindness to them? And after all, here's someone else who showed kindness to you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Psalm 31 even mentions that. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me kindness and wonders and love. And after all, what Jesus did on the cross was the ultimate kindness and show of love for you. You can pass that on to others that Jesus loves too. You can.
because you were a Christian. You were one of Jesus's. And that brings us to this one that I'll end this one on kindness with Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, you Christians who are listening to this podcast, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourself. That's interesting. So when people see you, they see kindness. They see that on you like, like the clothes you're wearing. And oh, by the way, kindness is not selective. It's not even random. But it's to everyone around you. And if that seems impossible, well, then just start with one. Be kind to one person today. And then another. And then another. Pretty soon, you will be known as a person that's kind to everyone. Trait number two that will improve your job, and that is to be tender-hearted. Oh, yeah, right. You may say, tender-hearted is going to get me real far in the construction world. <laughs> then you don't know what the word means. This word is huge. It means compassionate, easily moved to love, pity, or help, and maybe even sorrow. It means tenderness, which comes from your heart. And what's the opposite of tenderness? Harsh, anger, biting, bitter, wrath, clamor, and evil speaking. Those things are supposed to put off of you, remember? But you're supposed to replace them with being tender-hearted. It means not being calloused, which we can tend to be when we let ourselves be numb to the atrocities and the angry people and the things that they're angry about. And we let that affect our relationship with other people. You know, if they have a different view on politics or something than you do, you're bitter towards them, anger, maybe even speak evil about them instead of being tender-hearted to them. We're no longer tender-hearted when it comes to things like that. You know, negative talk and things that are primarily different views than ours or different types of people than we are or have a different upbringing than we do. TV is one of those things that really changes that. It really makes us or separates us from other people, especially when we listen too much to the news, right? When we are tender-hearted, we recognize the struggles that others are going through too, and they may be very similar to what we're going through. We see the needs that they have, and we see the sorrows that they have. And we ignore them when we're calloused, but if we're tender-hearted, we kind of walk beside them and say, I notice something's bothering you, bro. What's going on? And you'd be surprised how that turns out. Almost always it turns out for the good. I mean, you may even get to a point where you say, you know what, that's, that's a pretty rough deal. I think I'm going to pray for you about that. Is that okay? You know, I've done that. I've done that in some of the harshest environments in the work industry with some of the harshest guys. And every single time, every one of them says, oh, wow, would you do that? Really? I would sure appreciate that. That's being tender-hearted. 
It's when your love for others compels you to feel their pain, maybe even feel their joy, (laughs) and congratulate them. Even if it's something that, you know, like say they got the promotion and you didn't, and you can tell how happy they are, you know, high five them. Say, I'm really happy for you. Good for you. And maybe they've achieved some goals or they've just accomplished something that was really difficult. You know, give them some high fives. That's part of being tenderhearted. Being tenderhearted is a way of showing being other-centered and the love of Christ instead of just thinking that you are, instead of just hearing it. You're actually doing it. And maybe even you do it to a point where you make sure that their pain and suffering is eased a little bit. Being tenderhearted and other-centered means you cry when they cry and you laugh when they laugh. And you're joyous when they're joyous. And it also includes, at the appropriate time, saying, let's go have some coffee and chat about this. I don't know if I can help, but sometimes it just does a person good to vent. And I'd be glad to be a person to vent to if it'll help you out. Romans twelve fifteen through 16 might be coming to the mind of some of you. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with all people of different positions. Do not be conceited. And after all, being conceited is kind of the opposite of being tenderhearted. <laughs> because if you're conceited, you can't be tenderhearted. So there's another word to get rid of. Conceit. <laughs> conceited. And you replace it with being tenderhearted. Okay, so being kind is number one. Number two is being tenderhearted. And that brings us to number three. This is the third trait that will improve your job. Are you ready for this one? It's the word forgive. Forgive. Did you know that forgiveness is a gift you give yourself? <laughs> wow. How about that? Did you also know that the phrase in Ephesians four thirty-one to 32, where it lists all these things you're supposed to get rid of, and then it lists these three things that you're supposed to do, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. There's an explanation of why you should, and maybe even how, because everyone knows, especially Paul who wrote this, and the Holy Spirit who wrote it through him, Forgiving one another is really hard. And so he needed to add that last little line, even as Christ forgave you, so you can say, yeah, I guess I could. The phrase one another occurs 146 times in the Bible. And almost all of the Old Testament occurrences, they're kind of either a negative or they are descriptive, but they're not relational. Okay, they don't mean much. But there are 80 times in the New Testament, and every single one of those times, it's telling us to do something to improve our relationships and to show people Christ in us. You probably know some of them. We're to love one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens, or here's one, forgive one another. And that 80 times in the New Testament really shows the period of grace and the period of being a Christian, okay, which we're in now. We're supposed to be 
like Christ, and win people to Christ by our actions, by our deeds, by how we are, by our aroma, by the clothes that we wear. As I mentioned earlier, you know, when people look at us, they see kindness, tenderheartedness, and someone who forgives, which is different than everybody else in the world who isn't a Christian anyway, right? If someone has wronged you, or you were passed up on a promotion, or gotten yelled at for something that you didn't do, or someone else did, and they're not owning up to it, well, that's part of life. (laughs) And there's one thing that you can choose to do about it, and that is to forgive them, and forget about it, and move on. Otherwise, you resort to the things you're not supposed to have that are ruining your job. You know, like being bitter about it, wanting to get revenge, maybe angry. And then you resort to, at some point, you explode with yelling and evil speaking, or maybe you do subtly about that person or about your boss and about how stupid they are because they didn't choose you. They chose that idiot. <laughs> right? You should forgive and forget. Maybe the scars are still there, the hurt is still there, but you're not festering it on yourself anymore. And it will eventually go away. And I think, this is just me, but I think God will reward you for forgiving others. And he will show you that that was what he wanted you to do. Here's a practice. Will you forgive me for my cell phone notification just going off? (laughs) Yeah, I have a notification sound from the Mandalorian. Oh, and it was a text from my daughter. (laughs) She remembered Father's Day, and it's even ahead of time. Well, there's somebody who was kind, tender-hearted, maybe even forgiving. (laughs) Okay. I think that's pretty good. You got it? The three traits that will improve your job. Be kind to others. Be tenderhearted. And forgive one another. Now, maybe some sort of like the tortoise and the hare, you know, in the race, where those who aren't kind, tenderhearted, and forgive one another seem to get ahead real quick. But the slow and steady dude, the turtle, (laughs) he finished the race. Because he stuck to his morals, stuck to his traits. So maybe these three traits are your new traits that you will win in the end. Traits of being kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. This has been episode 96 in the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast. And next week, I'll try and get to some of the emails that folks have sent in with some suggestions for podcast topics. And if you have sent one of those, I will get to yours. It may not be next week, but it will be coming up shortly. So keep listening. I do have to prepare a Sunday school lesson and a sermon for this Sunday, which you can actually watch on their YouTube channel if you just search in YouTube for Fellowship Baptist Church Bozeman. See you later. See you later.